thank you for this opportunity to be gathered in honor of Madam Florence Ogan. We commit the family into your hands and all who have come to wish well the family. We ask, Lord, today in this meeting that you speak to our hearts, each one of us, that today in this place, let a revival break forth. Let lives come to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and let your name be glorified at the end of everything. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Let us all be seated, please. I greet you all, even as we gather here today, to celebrate the life of the late Madame Florence Ogan. Her children have thought it wise to gather us, friends, family, from far and near to celebrate this wonderful woman. With little education, bereaved of her husband at the age of 39, left behind with young and not so young children. But she was able, as a widow, to raise these ones where we have retired civil servants, teachers, a nurse, an ambassador, a professor, and so on and so forth. And all one can say is, what a woman. What a woman indeed. And like the hymn we just sang says to us, we're only remembered by the deeds that we have done while here on earth. While Mama was alive, some of us here did not know her. But today we have come to celebrate her courtesy of her children and her grandchildren and to honor her memory and be indeed involved in the immortalization of her name. Today's sermon is, however, not directed at her. It's directed at those of us seated here. It's directed at the living, not at the dead. The Lord has asked me to challenge us to consider how we would be remembered when we leave this earth. To consider what we would be remembered for and how we would be addressed by God, which is the most important thing. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 1, the Bible says, A good name is better than precious ointment. And in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1, it is written, A good name is to be chosen rather than riches. In other words, God is challenging us to seek after a good name. Not just riches, not precious ointment. I looked at that word precious ointment and it's basically talking about expensive perfume that can be used to wipe or clean out the filth of smell in a person. I did a little study and discovered that the most expensive perfume in the world is about is over ten thousand US dollars per ounce. I'm holding here half an ounce. So the the most expensive perfume in the world filled with this is over five thousand American dollars. That's about for over five million naira. And the Bible is telling us to choose a good name rather than perfume. 
in this bottle. Indeed, the standard perfume bottle is about 60 mils, about 100 mils. And so if we translate that to Naira, we are talking of 350 million Naira plus for a 100 mils bottle of expensive perfume. And God is saying to you today that if you were offered 350 million Naira to look the other way, that evil should be done. Remember, there is a good name. We live in a world today where undergraduates are driving G1s. Nobody asks questions. We help them. Our daughters are dressing like prostitutes. Some are even prostituting themselves. And nobody raises any question as long as money comes to the house. We are making money a God. And we are forsaking the good name. Wealth, title, position. Even some of those petty deeds that we are doing have become the order of the day. Politicians are becoming wealthy. And the people they are supposed to serve and becoming important. Bankers are becoming wealthy. And manufacturers who should be producing goods, storing their monies in the banks, and becoming important. What of the clergy? Pastors are boasting of how wealthy they are. And they have congregants who are poor. Money has taken the place no wonder God says when you have a choice between a good name and money, choose a good name. When you have to choose between that perfume that will cover your filth for just one day, choose a good name. Because the good name protects your filth for all eternity. The story is told in the Bible of a young man was a rich young man. He went to Jesus and said to Jesus, Good master, what good thing must I do to gain eternal life? This man wanted a good name. And he knew, he recognized that the good name was to be found in eternity. Friends, in eternity, there's a book. It's called the Book of Life. And only those whose names are considered good by God are written in that book. This man wanted his name in that book. So he went to Jesus and said, Good master, what good thing must I do to find my name in the book of life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? Only one person is good, and that is God. And I want you to understand today that it's only God who can choose and tell who is a good person. It's only God who can tell us who has a good name. We can call ourselves by whatever we want to call ourselves. But then he answered the man, as probably asking somebody today. He said, you know the laws, you know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't commit murder. 
Honor your father and your mother. The man said, Wow, is that all? I've been doing this from when I was a young boy. And the Lord said, No, there's one thing you lack. Go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. And then come and follow me. The man was sad. He turned away and went. Walked away. He thought he could have his riches and have a good name. And Jesus was saying, No, you must choose between a good name and riches. Between a good name and that expensive perfume. Between a good name and this good life that you want to live here on earth, you must choose. And then he gave that proverbial word that we all recite today that it would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. By the way, let me correct the wrong version here. Rich people can enter heaven provided they don't trust in their wealth. It is a trust in wealth to the extent that you cannot leave it for God. That is the problem. You know, a good name here on earth can do wonders. A civil servant died poor, but was a good man. He served, but he had nothing to show. At his funeral, one of his children, a young daughter, was angry at her departed father. Because he sat in a position where he could have made money. But here she was, unemployed. They scraped through school. A few months after the burial, she had to go for a job interview. And when she got to the interview hall and sat before the panel, first thing they told her was, introduce yourself. She said, I'm Miss so-and-so, so-and-so, mentioning the father's name. The chairman of the interview panel said, what name did you say you are? She mentioned the name again. The man said, are you related to Mr. So-and-so? He said, ah, that's my late father. Is he dead? He said, yes, we buried him a few months ago. And then the chairman of the panel turned to the panelist and said, do you know that that man is the man that made me what I am today? He insisted against everything that I must be promoted. I am here today because of that man. And then he told the panelists, if there's nothing I can do to repay that man, Madam, come and start work tomorrow. Please dismiss everybody. We have found the person we are looking for. And that was it. That's a good thing. He can get your children to places that you cannot get them. I had another story of an elderly woman who had been a matron in a university hostel for many years. Some 50, 60 years after, her granddaughter was now a student in that university and she was struggling with getting accommodation. So her father said to her, go to such and such hall in the university campus and introduce yourself to the matron of the hall. 
When she got there, she said she found people grumbling, begging for accommodation, pleading. So the woman, the matron said, are you also going to join them to plead because I've told them there's no space? She said, no, I just came to speak to you, ma'am. She said, yes. She said, well, my name is so-and-so, so-and-so. She said, are you telling me that your grandmother is such and such a person? She said, yes. He said, okay, do you have a place where you can squat for two weeks? Come back in two weeks' time. We'll give you accommodation. That's what a good name can These people were not rich, but they had a good name. It paved the way for their children and their grandchildren. And I've come to ask you today, what are you prepared to do to have the good name that will endure unto eternity? Whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not, whether we agree with it or not, there is a place in eternity. And everybody must appear before God one day. When you stand before God, what would you say? What would you be saying to God? Some people think that it is building a motherless baby's home or giving to motherless babies that will give them a good name before God. Now, we're talking of before God. Some people think that it is doing a ball for a community that will give them a good name. Some people think that it is being the president of a nation or a governor or a minister or something. Some others think that being a pastor will give them a good name before God. But that's not how a good name is obtained before God. A good name, as far as God is concerned, is a combination of your identity, your character, and your nature that is good, acceptable, and worthy of being entered into the book of life. Your identity is important as far as God is concerned. Your character must ooze from your identity. And your worth before God or your nature must be the embodiment of your identity and your character. That was why when Jesus spoke to that young man who wanted to enter into life, he made it clear to him that you must be ready to trade off your wealth and come to God on God's terms. And the man was unable to do that and he left unhappy. I perceive that there are many of us here today who would face the same kind of dilemma that that young man faced, whether to give up his wealth and gain eternal life or hold on to his wealth and forsake eternal life. Eventually, Jesus' disciples themselves were stunned at what Jesus had said. And they asked him, Who then can enter heaven? And he said to them, It is impossible with men, but with God, all things are possible. Only God 
can make it possible for you to enter into heaven. Not that good deeds. No. They're good. But they can't get you into heaven. What will get you into heaven is God himself. Jesus said in John chapter 14, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And when it is ready, I will come and take you to where I am, so that where I am, you will be also. You believe in God, believe also in me. To get into the book of God, to have a good name before God, you must go through that one person who was given the most excellent name that has ever been. It is written of Jesus that at the mention of his name, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father in heaven, on earth, and on the earth. And then God said also concerning Jesus, there is no name given under heaven whereby men might be saved by the name of Jesus. Today I have come to invite you to come to Jesus just like that young lady got a job because of her father's good name. The other young lady got accommodation because of her grandmother's good name. You can get into heaven because of Jesus' excellent name. All you need to do is admit that you are a sinner and you are a sinner. And you need a savior. And Jesus is that savior. When you believe that and you confess him, as Lord and as Savior, I tell you the truth, you will be saved. As simple as that. You don't need to pay money. You don't need to give up anything. Just go to Jesus. When you get to him, he will tell you what you must give up. And so I want to challenge us today that in the affairs of our lives, we must not think that we hold the key to what a good name is. The key is with God. Mama has gone her bit. Her children are honoring her. I can only pray and hope that heaven will honor her. In the same way, I want to challenge all of us here that we also must aspire for heaven to honor us. The Bible says that there are some people when they depart this world and get to heaven's gate. The gates are flung open and they are ushered in to the presence of Almighty God. Will you be one of them? Let's bow our heads. As your heads are bowed, I want you to consider the brief words you have heard and see it as a challenge. A challenge to live for God henceforth. You may have not lived for God up to now, but there's always an opportunity to change and begin to live for God. And I would like, before I leave this place, to pray for you if you're one of those who would like 
change around today and say, I want a good name. I want to spend eternity with God in heaven. I want to confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. If you're such a person, just raise up your right hand above your head where I can see it. Raise it up above your head. I see those hands. Raise it where I can see. I just want to see. Just raise up your hand above your head. You're saying, Lord, I want to confess Jesus as my Savior. I want Jesus in my life. I want the good name that God will give me. Raise up your hand above your head. Very quickly, please. Those of you raising up your hands, stand up where you are. Stand up where you are. I want to pray for you. Stand up where you are. Stand up where you are. As you are standing up, I want you to say this prayer after me. Father, say it after me. Father, I come to you today to receive Jesus into my life. I confess with my mouth, believing in my heart, that I am indeed a sinner and I need a Savior. Save me and make me whole again. This is my request in Jesus' name. While you're standing, I will pray for you now. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for these ones who are standing, who have made a confessional prayer. I ask Almighty everlasting God that you save them to the uttermost. You bring them to salvation with the assurance here on earth that they are saved. And the assurance that in eternity they will be with you. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. And I want to pray for the entire church. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word that has been shared at this point in time. I ask Almighty God that as many as have listened and are still giving a thought to that which they have heard, I pray, Lord, that you be them at the point of need. Speak to them in the quietness of their hearts, even while they are on their stool, and let your name be glorified as they confess you as Lord. Thank you, everlasting Father, in Jesus' name.